Hi, I'm Pastor Brady, and welcome to the Five Forks Student Ministries Podcast. Throughout life, we're always told, never give up and don't quit. However, as we begin our new four-week series, we do want to quit. Because as we begin 2024, we want to start quitting our bad habits and removing them from our lives. And this week, we're going to talk about how to quit making excuses. Well, hey, again, just want to say uh, good afternoon. I'm used to saying good evening, but hey, good afternoon, everyone. And uh, it's good to have you here with us, uh, here to start the new year, first Sunday afternoon of 2024. It's, it's crazy to think that we're actually here in 2024. It's wild. But here we are. And uh, hey, as, as we begin this new year, we're going to start off uh, with, a, with a new lesson series. But before we do, I have a question because I feel like, you know, this is kind of always an important question to start off with as you begin the new year. Who here made a New Year's resolution? Anyone make New Year's resolution? Anyone? Who's, who's willing to share their New Year's resolution? Shelby? So New Year's resolution, trying to get more skills for gymnastics. Keep, uh, what, what level are you right now? So just, right now I'm five and six, gonna keep going up all the way up to seven, eight, nine, and eventually 10, right? Is there, I, I thought 10 was the highest. Does it go even higher than that? Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. But hey, that's a, good, that's a good starting place. That's a good New Year's resolution. Noah, what you got? I mean, do you hear that applause? I mean, do you hear that applause? I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like you already made it. But that is quite the lofty uh, New Year's resolution. Luke, hmm. spend more time with friends and family. That's a good one. Well, hey, as we uh, kind of start off this New Year, as we talk about New Year's resolutions, I always notice something with these. Um, you see, with New Year's resolutions, it feels like it's all about people like looking to, to start something new and good, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like you want to start trying to like add something new and good to your life, such as I want to make sure I'm spending more time with family and friends this year. I want to make sure I do that. You know, I want to make sure I improve and I get better at gymnastics, things like that. And so it uh, kind of reminded me of a, of a picture I saw of a New Year's resolution list. And it kind of made me laugh whenever I saw this because it, it starts off so strong, right? Like, we're going to lose weight, eat healthy, save money, and get organized. But then it, uh, well, it didn't, it didn't uh, go so well. See, we, we cross off some of these and we eat more candy, which, you know, some candy's okay, but maybe not, not too much. If any of you saw the video, I think uh, we need to make sure Pastor Sean does not eat too much sugar. And then, this, honestly, the cat videos, that should have been on there to start with, if you ask me. Like, that's a good one. You can always watch more cat videos, but start a bad habit. I'm not so sure about that one. Uh, not, not, a, not a too good of a New Year's resolution. But again, with these New Year's resolutions, I always notice it's all about trying to start something new. Like, start something good. Like, I want to, you know, some people say, I want to start going to bed earlier so I can actually have a good night's sleep. I think some of you would be, you know, advised to do that. Some people say, you know, I want to start trying to eat better. I want to start, you know, working out consistently. How about this? If you're looking at New Year's resolutions with your faith, some people will say, I want to start 
just being more consistent with my prayer life. Like, I want to make sure I pray every morning and every evening. Some people say, I want to try and read through the entire Bible in a calendar year. That's some people's New Year's resolutions. Others will say, I just want to do every single day. This is actually 366 days with leap year. I'm going to do a devotion every single day for 366 days. You have those kind of good you know, habits that we look to add into our life. And those are good New Year's resolutions. But again, with New Year's resolutions, it's, it's, I always notice it's about people adding things, like trying to add something good. But it's never the opposite of trying to remove something bad. Something like, well, this new year, I want to try and quit eating so much junk food. Or this new year, I want to try and quit wasting so many hours watching TikToks and YouTube videos. And so that's the form of New Year's resolutions we're going to be talking about for this month of January in this series, where we are going to talk about how to be a quitter. You see, I feel like in the movies, you always hear things like, never give up, never give up, don't quit. But you know what? I'm telling each and every one right now, look at me in the eye. I want you to quit. I want you to be a quitter. And so I want you to say this loud and proud. I am a quitter. Say it with me, Waggy. I am a quitter. Everyone, I am a quitter. One more time. I am a quitter. See, that's what I like. Because we are all going to be a bunch of quitters in here. We're all a bunch of quitters. At least that's the goal for us by the end of this lesson series. And so you might be sitting here wondering, okay, um, I just like to shout and follow along with people shouting. But Brady, what exactly are we quitting here if we're going to be a bunch of quitters? Well, I got four things that we're going to be quitting, and you can look at this, uh, our series graphic to help figure that out. You see, our goal for 2024 is that we want to quit making excuses. We want to quit complaining. We want to quit and remove idolatry from our life. And then lastly, we want to quit comparing ourselves. And so that's what we want to quit. That's what we want to remove from our life here in 2024 and beyond. And so let's talk about that by taking a look at that first one there, making excuses. You see, there's a reason why I wanted to start off with this one. Because when it comes to making excuses, I realized that, well, we're all really good at making excuses. And often what stops you from trying to do something good in your life is because you're too busy making excuses. So that's why I was like, before we get into anything else, what was that, Hartley? Exactly. Yeah, you have like, you know, why didn't you do your homework? Uh, my dog ate my homework. You know, we have excuses for why didn't you do your chores? Uh, I don't know. We ran out of uh, brooms. Like we come up with excuses that are like on the fly. Or how about this one? Let me tell you, I've heard a lot of good excuses for this one over the years. Why weren't you at church? Oh, we get some good ones for that. We get some good ones for that. You see, we constantly are coming up with excuses. And so, actually, I have a little game that we're going to play. And I had asked three different people a few weeks ago if they would be contestants for this little game we're going to play. You see, as we're talking about making excuses, 
we're going to play a little game called Excuse You. And so I need Noah Boxy, Grant Thompson, and David Michael Wagner to get up here. Are we special? You, well, you agreed to do this a few weeks ago. Oh, I did? You sure did. I don't remember. I'm, I'm not surprised at all. This is two-sided. So, so, gentlemen, here's what's going to happen. In this little game called Excuse You, I'm going to give you a scenario, and you will need to come up with the best excuse as to why that specific scenario occurred. Now, here's the thing. All of us here, we... Every, every... Oh my gosh, it's like a pen. <laughs> Yo, this is crazy. All right, so let me just talk to, to, to Grant and Mike, and maybe Noah will hear this. What's going to happen is you need to come up with an excuse, and all of us, we are then going to listen to their excuses that they write down, and then we're going to vote on which one we like best. Now, you can vote you know, which one you think is the funniest, which one you think is the most believable. It's kind of like an apples-to-apples apples type of deal. But we're going to see which of you can come up with the best excuse. All right. Are you ready? Now, here's the thing. I'm only going to give you 30 seconds to come up with an excuse. So you better be quick. Here is the scenario. Are you ready? Yeah. Gentlemen, I noticed you were late for work. Why is that? I noticed you were late for work. Can you tell us why you were late for work? <laughs> Three, two, one. Are we good? Yes. Okay. Well, since you're so ecstatic about it, Noah, why were you late for work? I got stuck behind someone going 40 in the 55. I also had snow in my car. Oh, stuck behind someone going 40 in a 55. Mm. Oh, well, it sounds like you're not going to get one person's vote here. Grant, why were you late for work? So I was trying to walk out of the door, and I had a cat in my house, and it started biting my toes. So my toes were, uh, what? He's not really. I want to know what My cat, all right, he wrote, my cat bit my toes and couldn't walk to work. Yeah, you you could have just said that. I was, gonna, I was trying to give a background. What's the cat's name? What time did he bite your toes? <laughs> all right. Now, don't, don't erase it quite yet. Waggy, why were you late for work? I was searching around for food, but Owen ate it all. Oh. Owen ate all the food, so you couldn't eat breakfast. All right, those were, three, those were three, certainly some excuses. So if you think Noah's was the best excuse, raise your hand. Oh, you actually got some votes, Noah. Congratulations. Now, if you think Grant had the best excuse with the cat biting his toes, and if you think Mike had the best with Owen eating all the food, <laughs> all right all right we're gonna do one more round i want you three to go and find someone give them your whiteboard for this next round we have a, one more scenario we're gonna do and this is it you know it was just christmas right 
Here's the scenario. You see, it was just Christmas a few weeks ago, and I noticed that the Christmas gift that you three got me was a used Dollar General gift card with only $2 left on it. It was a used gift card. Why is that the gift you got for me? All right, let, let's, let, let's start on the right side this time. Well, I guess I'm, I'm facing this, yeah. All right, Mary, Mary, why is this the, the gift you got for me for Christmas? Well, I actually gave that gift card originally to my dog, Ernie, to run to Dollar General to get Boxy a broom to remove the snow from his car so he would be able to get to work on time. Mm. Mm. That, is a, that is a great, that is a great excuse. Because I really care about you, Boxy, getting to work on time. Gavin, I, I feel like I walk. need like a uh, what, what's it what's it called the little uh, magnifying, magnifying glass. glass. I was like, what is that called? <laughs> yeah. What why what is your oh, excuse? Uh, so I, I was hiking and a bear abducted me and took me to its den and robbed me. And then I had uh. to walk home and I I realized that my money was in my shoe. So mm. the Dollar General gift card fell. Oh. A two dollar. Yeah. But. Couldn't you have given me the money in your shoe? No, because the bear took it. That bear was mean. That bear was mean. All right, Will. Will. I had to buy stuff for an MBD video so we can be a YouTube ghost. Uh, All right. Respect it. All right. If you think Mary had the best excuse, raise your hand. Wow, if you think Gavin had the best excuse. Gavin was very good. And if you liked Will's, I liked Will's. All right, y'all can go grab a seat. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Will. You win a $2 gift card to Dollar General. Yeah, it's incredible. But yes, you know, I wanted to have a little bit of fun with that, coming up with excuses. And I, and I have to say, like, I, I will say, like, those were pretty creative. Like, like in all, well, some of those were pretty creative, I, I will say. Yeah, cat, cat biting the toes, that, that was, I was not expecting that. So the reason I wanted to play that game, the reason, you know, we're doing about this is because we're talking about making excuses. And as we kind of look at this whole topic of making excuses, there's one particular story in the Bible where we see some of the worst excuses ever made. They are laughable with how bad these excuses are. And so we're going to read that story here. And in fact, it's a story that Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 14. You see, Jesus is visiting one of the leaders of the Pharisees. He's visiting in the home of one of the leaders of the Pharisees. And as he's there, he proceeds to tell really interesting story. And so we find this in Luke chapter 14, starting at verse 16. And so I'm going to read this, follow along on the screen. I'm just going to read this story, and I just want you to kind of pay close attention to some of these excuses you're about to hear. So starting at verse 16 here in Luke 14, Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, 
the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field, and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married. You know, they're all ball and chain, so I can't come, obviously. And so the servant, he returned and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, invite the crippled, invite the blind and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, There's still room for more. So his master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that this house will be full. For none of those that I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Hmm. All right. So here we see Jesus is telling this story. And it's uh, also known as a parable. And if you remember from last year during our series called Jesus Parables. Anytime Jesus tells a story like this, a parable like this, there's usually a key lesson he's trying to get us to learn behind it. And so as he's teaching this lesson, he's telling this story about this feast and this host of a feast inviting a lot of people, saying, hey, I'm going to host a feast. Hope you can make it. And so as we kind of see this, we see these people starting to make excuses, like these kind of lame excuses. But there's something important to note about the way feasts and banquets would have operated back then. You see, back around 2,000 years ago, if I was hosting a feast or a banquet, what would happen is several days, weeks, sometimes even months in advance, I would tell you, hey, on this day, I'm hosting a banquet here at my home. Can you make it? And you would say, yes, I can make it on that day. However, I would not say what time it would be happening because clocks didn't really exist at that time. So essentially, if you said, yes, I'm going to make it to this banquet, you are saying this entire day I'm kind of blocking off to attend your banquet. And so here we see these three different guests. They had all agreed saying, yes, I, this day is open so that whenever you come and tell me that the banquet's ready... I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in the area. I'll be available so I can make it. Well, the day of the banquet arrives, and some of these initial guests who said, yes, I'll be there, they start to bail. They start giving these pretty lame excuses. And just to kind of review some of them, and just kind of just take a moment to really realize how bad these excuses are. The first one, you know, the guy said, oh, I just bought a field, and I need to go check out this field that I just bought. And so this one is like, what? Like if you, I don't know, if you're like, if you're buying a house, you're going to want to, you know, know what it looks like before you buy it, right? Like this excuse makes no sense. No one in their right mind would ever just buy a massive field without knowing, you know, anything about it, like knowing the quality of the land before you purchase it. So this is just a laughable excuse. You would not, you know, inspect it after you buy it, you would inspect it first. And so this first excuse, it is, it is bad, but they, they just keep getting worse. Because the second one is like, oh, I just got some new oxen that I want to test out. Like, 
yeah, like you, and, and you know, you want to see how they do if, you, you know, if you're like a farmer and you, know, you use them to help plow the fields. Well, couldn't you just do that tomorrow? Like, why does it have to be today? Like, I, kind of like a modern translation of that would be like some excuses that I've heard before. Like, oh, the new Fortnite season just dropped, and so I can't make it because I have to play when, you know, you're going to get the chance to play tomorrow and the next day. Or, you know, sometimes, you know, I hear someone say, oh, you know, season four of Outer Banks is dropping on Netflix, and so I can't make it because I need to binge this all day. Like, you can watch it tomorrow. It's still going to be there. It's a bad, bad excuse. But then the last one is just hilarious, where the guy says, I just got married, so I can't make it. Like, dude, you can bring your wife with you. Like, what, it's not like he's away on his honeymoon because he's available to tell them, no, I can't come, so it's not like he's away or anything. It's a terrible, terrible excuse. And so here we see, as Jesus kind of tells the story of these people giving these bad excuses, we find that at the end of this parable, at the end of this story, the original host was furious. And at the very end of the parable, the host of this banquet says, none of those people that I first invited who gave those lame excuses, will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. And so that's kind of how the parable ends. And so it's a kind of an interesting story. It's a little bit funny with how you know, funny those excuses are, but then that leaves us with the question of, okay, Jesus, what do you mean by this? What's the takeaway here? What's the important lesson we're trying to learn? And as we wrestle with that question, I want to actually read prompted Jesus to tell this story in the first place. Because in verse 15, we hear this, right before Jesus tells this story. It says, Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And so upon hearing this, that prompted Jesus to begin telling this interesting story about this feast. And so now that we kind of have our background, we can start putting the pieces together a little bit of what exactly we think Jesus means here. And so let's start putting the pieces together. First question, who is the host of this feast referring to? Who is Jesus referring to? Hartley? Yeah, you're exactly right. God is the host of this feast. And what God is doing is he is inviting people to come and join in his church, to come and join in his kingdom. That is kind of what's happening here at the start. God is inviting people in. And initially what we see happening is everyone says, yes, right on, count me in. I want to be a part of your church. Like that sounds awesome. I want to be a part of God's church. I want to be one of his followers. I want to attend his banquet. That's kind of everyone's initial reaction. However, all of a sudden, when those guests are put to the test, what happens? Yeah, they start coming up with excuses and they say, like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do that. They fall for, you know, some maybe like humanly things that distract them from this glorious banquet that they're getting invited to. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. 
And so as I look at this parable and I start to kind of think about it in that aspect, it makes me realize, man, we are a lot like those three different people who come up with excuses because we are so good at coming up with excuses. I mean, we make excuses on the regular for why we can't come to church regularly, why we don't pray regularly, why we don't read our Bible regularly, why we you know, don't invite someone to church or youth group. We are just constantly coming up with excuses for different things. Like We love making excuses. We say, you know what? I want to be a part of this banquet. I want to be a part of God's church. But then we constantly make excuses whenever it's time to kind of put our money where our mouth is. Because we'll say things like, well, I don't know how. I don't know how to pray. Like, how do you pray? How how, how am I supposed to read my Bible? And if that's your excuse, well, let me just tell you, come and learn. Come and learn. You always got to start somewhere. And so if you're not quite sure on how to do some of these things, how to pray, how to read your Bible, how to talk to someone about your faith, come and learn. That is not a good excuse. Some other excuse that I often hear people say is, you know what, I'll just do it tomorrow. You know, I know I'm, I'm you know, wanting to really start you know, trying to read my Bible regularly, but I'll start doing that tomorrow. Or, you know, I know I was going to come to church today, but I'll just come next week. No, that is a terrible excuse, and we always fall victim to that. We push things back and back and back, and let me just tell you, squash that right away. Quit doing that and do it today. Don't fall victim to that poor excuse. Do it today. The other excuse we often will say is, I've made way too many mistakes in my life. There's no way God loves me. There's no way God can forgive me. I am such a screw-up. And if you're feeling that way, let me just tell you, each and every one of us should feel that way because we're all screw-ups. But the thing is, God's love is greater than any of our mistakes. And so if you're feeling that way, like you're not good enough, please know that God loves you more than any of your mistakes. He loves you more than that. We may not feel like we're good enough, but he certainly is good enough. Another excuse, I'm under a lot of stress right now. I'm just under a lot of stress. If you're feeling that way, let me just say, I'm sorry. Anxiety and stress is just so tough to bear. It is such a heavy weight to bear. And if you feel that way, Let me encourage you, come to Jesus in those moments. Come to him in prayer. Come to him by just reading his word because you'll find him there and he will provide you with just an unspeakable peace. He will help you find him. And I'll just say, I know with some of these examples, I may be being a little harsh. But the truth is, the reason I'm kind of being so harsh is that 75% of these New Year's resolutions that we make for ourselves, 75% of them will fail by the end of February. We won't even make it 60 days 
into the year before we give up on our New Year's resolutions. And do you know why those 75% end up failing? Because we make excuses. It's because we start making excuses. And if we're honest with ourselves, making excuses is the root of why these good changes we start trying to make in our lives, it's why they never end up happening. You see, God wants to continually renew you. He wants you to continually better yourself. And he wants you to come to him whenever you're feeling like you're about to give up. The problem is, whenever we reach that point, instead of going to God, we start making poor and lame excuses. And so as we kind of think about New Year's resolutions and goals we want to make for this new year, let me just kind of encourage you to start changing your mindset. You see, the mindset that a lot of us have whenever we make these New Year's resolutions is we start trying to think of them with a really me-centered mindset. For example, if my goal is I want to start losing weight and getting ripped, so that way everyone will look at me and be like, dang, he looks pretty good. That's a me-centered mindset. Or if I say, you know what, I want to get like really, really good at playing an instrument or singing or playing basketball or whatever so that other people will look at me and be like, wow, that guy's really, really talented. He's really cool. You know, we'll come up with things like, you know, I want to get good grades so that other people will think that I'm smarter. And when we come up with these things with this me-centered mindset, the problem that happens is that maybe a few days, a few weeks, a few months into trying to achieve that goal, whenever things start getting really, really difficult, we're still thinking with that me-centered approach. And so maybe it's time to go to a, the gym that day, and I start to think, you know what? I think me really deserves a break day. And I also think me deserves a cheat day by, you know, going to Dunkin' Donuts and enjoying a dozen donuts and then coming on Wednesday night and enjoying a dozen of Tony's cookies. We start thinking with that me-centered mindset, right? But what I want to encourage you is throw that me-centered mindset away as we look to make these new positive changes and instead approach them with a God-centered mindset. Approach them with a God-centered mindset because what we should do and what I want to challenge each of you to do right now is I want you to seriously, seriously ask yourselves these two questions right here. I want you to do this right now. I'm not looking for you to shout out your answer, but seriously ponder these two questions. First, what does God want you to change in your life? Second, why does God want that part of your life to be different? What does God want you to change in your life? And why does God want that part of your life to be different? See, there's a reason why I want you to try and answer both of these questions. Because the what and the why, they're a package deal here. You see, for example, if the what that you believe God wants you to change, if you truly believe that the what that God is calling you to change is to, you know, maybe try and lose weight and get into better physical shape and better physical health, well, you don't want to come out with a me-centered mindset, but instead, the God-centered mindset, the why behind that would be something along the lines of, I know the body that God gave me is so precious in His sight. 
And I want to treat it like the temple that it is. I don't care if people think I look good or not. It has nothing to do with that. It is simply because I want to honor what God has blessed me with. You see that difference? You start approaching things with that God-centered mindset. Where, you know, it would be really cool if I can start just continuing learning new skills and moving up higher in gymnastics. Because I know that's a platform for me to meet new people where I can share God's word and I can be a light for him in that setting. You know, I really want to start hanging out with my family and friends because that means in those moments, as I'm just spending time with them, I can just be an example of Jesus in those moments. God-centered mindset. The what and the why coming together with that God-centered mindset. And so as I close here, I just want to kind of close with this encouraging uh, sentence um, that I had heard where it says, if God wants something for your life and you want something for your life, don't let any excuses keep that from happening. No excuses should keep that from happening. And so instead, like you all chanted earlier, you got to be a quitter. You need to be a quitter right here and now. You need to quit making excuses for yourself. Quit making excuses and instead you have to run to that feast that God is inviting you to. Run to that feast because he is waiting for you there. Let God help you make the life changes that you need. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we know the best way that we can start off this year is by setting ourselves aside, setting aside what we think we want, and instead taking time to ask you what you want for our lives. And so, Lord, it is my prayer that each of us here in this room that we seriously consider these two questions. That we take time to just prayfully consider what it is you want us to change and why you want us to change it. And Lord, I just pray that as a youth group, you will hold each other accountable to the goals that you have for us, to the changes you have for us. May you help us quit making excuses. And instead... May we just run to you, to that feast. We pray this in Jesus' great name. Amen. Thanks for listening to tonight's lesson. As always, you can go back and listen to any previous lessons that you might have missed. Also, if you want to stay up to date with what is happening in the Five Forks Student Ministries, we encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, where you can find us under Five Forks Students. Or you can check out our website, ffbic.org slash students.